of clinical research. All doctors think clinical research is great, but when you ask them why they don't do it, they're afraid. So we got to figure out why this is the case. And this was Monica's idea, actually, to have Dr. Al, who's on every single episode. Dr. Al is the main guy of this platform, the clinical scoop. But <laughs> he actually is a principal investigator. So we're going to ask him all kinds of things as well. So Monica, go ahead and uh, introduce what you wanted to talk about. And uh, welcome. Thank you very much for coming up with this idea for this episode. No, thank you for having me. So I I think this is a great idea just because uh, there is pretty much no much information in the uh, media about principal investigators. And like Dan was mentioning, uh, doctors uh, have, I think, a misconception about what is being a principal investigator. So who's better to uh, to talk about this? than a real principal investigator, especially Dr. Ah, that has such an impressive background of curriculum. So um, I would like to start this by uh, sh uh, sharing with the audience your uh, background, doctor. Hi, Monica. Hi, Dan. Hi, Thank Jessica. you very much for the introduction. The whole idea is your idea, guys, like to go for the PI Academy and go from there. And this is all like part of the way to build up a PI Academy through the internet and through the principal investigator. I'm a medical oncologist. I did, I started my research after I finished my fellowship in the community. I've been doing this since 2002. I have more than 60, 70 clinical research uh, uh, studies done already. I, I am the PI on the studies. I've been, uh, I run a lot of my clinical research in office or in the hospital. It depends on the type of the study that's um, running. I, I get interested in it because of my field in oncology, mainly where I have a lot of patients that need more treatment and they want to be treated more. So I looked into the clinical research in the beginning, try to find some answers for my patients to help them uh, in their journey through cancer treatment. So the, the million dollar question will be, uh, what make you pull the trigger to finally become a principal investigator? My, mainly the research is kind of uh, complementary for medicine for me. And if you're not doing research, you're, you're not doing the, the, the whole medicine scope in general. Okay. You do your clinical part, you do patient visits, you do, but research is like kind of interesting field that I like to go through it. And it's a lot of new discoveries, especially in oncology that you like to know about it and the, which this way you can help your patient and also learning more about the new medicine and new science in oncology. Okay, so doctor, um, how research has improved your perspective as a doctor and how this has made you a better professional? Monica, you, 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 I could not yes. hear the question. You, your voice oh. has some interruption. You need okay, to come closer. So, <laughs> okay, actually, is my my mic is here. So my question is, how research has improved your pers perspective as a doctor? 
As a doctor, what? I can hear you, but I think. <laughs> okay, so how research has improved your perspective as a doctor? I'm a, you know, I, as I told you, the, the research is part of the complementary for the clinical medicine. You will not be able to do your home medicine if you're not going to do research with it because this is where you can find, especially in oncology field, more answers, more solution for your patient, more treatment for your patient. That's I've, I've been I've, I've been very satisfied with my experience in research. I've been my patient has been very satisfied with my experience in research and their experience in research. So you think that uh, like research should be something essential in uh, in for for uh, clinicians? I think it is essential now for clinician. And I think every physician who's doing uh, clinical clinical medicine need to be experienced in research and doing research for his uh, uh, clinic for his patient to help patient in different areas of medicine. I think clinical research is the the optimal thing that you can add to your clinical experience by integrating it to your uh, clinics. Yeah, so I was I was actually kind of curious about the education that is provided to clinicians, and uh, and uh, I mean research is kind of uh, is something that students um, I mean undertake before they actually get accepted in a university uh, to become a doctors, but it's not mandatory. And I was wondering how why is this happening. If at the end of the day, if there is no research, there is no new treatments, and then if doctors don't, uh, I mean, uh, endure this part of science, then how are they going to treat the patients uh, in a more broad way, right? So, yes. uh, what would what would you say to doctors who are not interested in research? I, I, you know, you can't force anyone to do what you want to do, okay? But I, I think in, in general for me, the research is very clinically, medically satisfying job as a side of my, me seeing the patient and working with the patient, doing research per se, it is complementary for medicine. I think everyone who doesn't want to look take a look at research or do research, I think they, they need to investigate it, find about it what it is. If they don't have experience and, uh, you know, there is a lot of way they can get experience in that field. Research okay, is a scary so for physicians. I'm sorry, go ahead, Monica. No, 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 doctor, go ahead, sorry. Uh, research is uh, kind of scary for physicians because of the responsibility that takes with it and because of the time that can take it. Is it time consuming? Yes, checking the patient, examining the patient and monitoring the patient for side effect. Patient may come to your visit much more, more often than regular patient that you see under the treatment. Uh, so you need to, to, you may see, find a new side effect for in the patient that you never saw it before, you never experienced it before that you can find out with this uh, type of patient who's in research and that's why uh, some physician will be some physician will be 
uh, reluctant of integrating their uh, the research into their clinic. That's why you see mainly research in academic center, not in uh, community centers because of the responsibility that comes with the research. Yeah, and one of the one of the issues with the industry is that pharma pharma companies, you know, they're the sponsors of these studies. So what they really want to see, they want to see more minority participation in clinical research. They want to see more research naive patients participating. And if we continue to use the same physicians for every study, we're just going to end up getting the same patients in the studies. And this is not what pharmaceutical companies want. They want new people. They want diverse people. They want minorities. They want they want different all different kinds of nationalities and backgrounds and races to be in the studies. They don't just want the regular. Uh, I mean, traditionally, clinical researchers majority of the of the participants are white, and that's been a problem. White and in big cities. And that's been a problem within the pharmaceutical industry. It's a well-known problem that's been around since the beginning of clinical research for many reasons, which, you know, uh, we can get into in future episodes. But trying to solve these problems, I think the solution is getting physicians, research-naive physicians, physicians, especially the ones that work in uh, minority populations, to do clinical research because that's how you're going to get these minority patients enrolled in these studies. So it's very important here when we're talking about training investigators, training doctors to be PIs. It's not just to help that doctor make a better business. I mean, yeah, that's, of course, that doctor wants that. It's a good thing. I'm a capitalist. I believe in this. But really, we're helping society because we're testing on a more diverse population of patients, and now we get a better understanding of how this medication works in African Americans, in Latin Americans, you know, not just on Caucasians. And so this is a much bigger uh, opportunity than it seems on the surface. Monica, we can't Monica. hear you. I think you're mute. Testing, testing. Monica, you know, I think I like I made her speechless with what I said. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Dr. Al, I'm hearing you. I see Monica. What? You know, one of my nieces. Monica, I have a we niece can't hear you. I think you need to. You can hear us, but you can't, we can't hear you because you're mute. Yeah, you're mute. Unmuted. <laughs> We're going to do some good editing on this video. Podcast. This is, we got it. While we're waiting for Monica to fix her mic, we have a podcast, The Clinical Scoop. We have a YouTube channel, The Clinical Scoop. We have a website, The Clinical Scoop. We have a Facebook. I think we have a Facebook. I have to confirm with Monica if we have a Facebook page, Clinical Scoop. Point is, we're on all these things, okay? And so now we got Monica back, but we got all these platforms, yeah. <laughs> guys. You got to subscribe and you got to follow. Uh, so what do you think about this? This is a bigger problem. The physician, it, it's an opportunity as well. If you're a physician and you working in a private practice, you have so much value 
when it comes to clinical research, you don't even have an idea. And this is why we brought on Monica and Dr. Al to tell you guys just what kind of opportunity you have. So what do you think? I, I totally uh, agree with what you're saying, Dan, because, uh, I mean, this will solve a lot of problems. It will help immensely the research and bring up uh, and bring better treatment for everybody, not just for one uh, community. I mean, if, if uh, people participate, uh, like the uh, minorities, including doctors and patients participate in research, this will highly benefit not just uh, the pharmaceutical industry, but uh, at the end of the day, the ones that need the treatment are the population. So it will increase the uh, quality of life for everybody. And, and I think uh, doctors should participate because it's essential as doctor to be part of research. It's essential to learn uh, new uh, treatments. And then uh, by, by being part of research, the doctors are going to uh, expand their knowledge and, and know the latest uh, technology for that specific uh, therapeutic area. And like Dr. Al was saying that he started uh, because he wanted to provide better treatment for his patients. And, and I mean, now I, I was uh, impressed with your, uh, with your curriculum, but this uh, even impressed me more because you did it for your patients rather for you, that, uh, for your own uh, you know, financial gain. I, I, you know, it's a financial gain there, like uh, support for there, but also this is on the time that you need, how much you need to provide. Okay, how much you need to provide, how much time you can provide. This is where you come to financial. So there's some physician that quit all the clinical and they were doing research for their financial gain. But for me, I try to find out what's my population and try to attract that clinical trial that work for my population of patients. What kind of cancer I have, mainly what patient that have need help in something. If I can't help them, I send them for other center that they have this kind of studies. Especially now, there is a lot of company that providing different type of study and where you can locate it in your area for your patients. So that's what can help the patient more. And uh, being a, a physician and a clinical investigator is very important for the community because that's in improving patient quality of life, patient response to treatment, and also will add to the, as Dan said, to the to the the information that we have there about different population and different traces that uh, we need to collect information about them. So that's that right. The more would, the more diverse, result in more in better treatments, more quality of treatments that work for everybody. But especially with, with this era of oncology, mainly I'm talking about oncology because we have a lot of a new treatment that's less side effect, I'm sorry, less side effect than uh, the traditional chemotherapy with a new uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitor, uh, a new uh, antipsychine, new angiogenesis medication, new immunotherapies, with, they have less side effect. They have significant side effect, but less side effect in general on the patient and impact on the quality of life and morbid condition of the patient than traditional chemotherapy we used to be to do in the, in the past. So the patient, they like it. They like to go through this kind of treatment and, and instead of uh, 
going through the chemotherapy that's going to make them have nausea, vomiting, and make their hair hair loss or much more severe side effect on them. So that's another option that you can offer your patient in oncology at least, these kind of alternative treatment for cancer. Yeah, this problem, this opportunity slash problem, because it's the same thing, is pro it's, I mean, it's across all of clinical research, but it's especially obvious in oncology because in oncology, I mean, you know this, Dr. L, the number of community-based oncology centers is decreasing. And we have these big academic institutions, hospitals, but the small uh, community-based oncologists, they exist, but we need more of them to do research. Because when it comes to clinical research, the main ones you see are the same ones doing it all the time, all the academic medical centers, the hospitals. You don't really see the community-based oncologists also doing clinical research. So we need more of that because oncology is always the biggest field in research. Every year, it's the biggest field. And it's extremely evident in oncology, which is why on this Clinical Scoop show, we talk a lot about oncology. I mean, the first episode last week, Dr. Al and I did. It was all about oncology. Uh, oncology is going to be a very heavy theme for this uh, clinical scoop because people are interested in it and because there's such a huge need for it. But no matter what your specialty, oncology, gastro, psychiatry, doesn't matter. The fundamentals of clinical research are the same. The fundamentals of being a principal investigator are the same. So we have a Principal Investigator Academy that we launched with Monica. Monica is actually the main teacher, the main instructor. But we've got Dr. Al as a lecturer as well. I get on there. We have other people from the team. So talk a little bit about this, about the PI Academy. When did this idea come up? I know both of you, we sort of all had this idea and came together separately. But Dr. Al, let's start with you first. Where did, when did you see that this was a need? to bring on physicians, teach them how to do research so that we can show them that, hey, you can actually do this. It's not like it's this lofty goal that is unachievable. You, I'm doing this. You're, you can do this too. So when did you realize that this was an opportunity? It, 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 uh, I have this idea for a long time because whenever I go to a conferences in oncology, like the American Society of Oncology, uh, American uh, Society of Hematology, we see all these big articles, big research just coming only out of the uh, academic centers, okay? And you look at the community, I'm doing research, but I have not been able to publish because I do not have the ability or the population of patients. So I try to approach a few physician oncologists to ask them to join me in doing this kind of research. And most of them, they were reluctant about it because of the responsibilities and because of the, like this. So at this, at this point where I start thinking about educating this physician, put them through uh, some kind of education that will make their job and their learning curve faster and easier and then I start meeting you, you and Monica, and you have the same almost concept and the same idea where you run the uh, clinical research uh, coordinator academy 
why we don't do that one for the PIs also academy where we can uh, teach the physician in faster curve, better curve, and more a more organized way about the research than just my experience, where I have both of you teachers and really experience a research field doing this with me. Yeah, I think it's also great because uh, uh, it's challenging to find any type of information about uh, what it, uh, it takes to be uh, a, a principal investigator. So I think in some point, the doctors kind of feel that they are flying solo, so they don't have some kind of guidance. And and this that's when we actually thought this is an opportunity and this is a way for us to also help the research industry. And uh, and, um, and and I think it's going to be wonderful because, uh, like I say, there is no information, literally. There is just not a description of what it is. And, and if you read uh, uh, the information in, online, like for example, what it takes to uh, um, a doctor to be a principal investigator is kind of scary. <laughs> and then the doctors yeah. think that they are going yeah. to be doing by themselves. So, uh, because they don't even know there is like much more than just being the principal investigator that, that you're going to have a a clinical research coordinator helping you to complete all the paperwork and to do, uh, I mean, the work uh, with you. So, um, and the, the, the need for this type of um, training is just, uh, I mean, I think it's invaluable, this kind of training for doctors. I, I think being a principal investigator was scared the most about it for the physician is like the, these all look, all these trials or all this research is uh, is uh, monitored by the FDA. And do, do when having the FDA to come and audit you if you did a real real serious mistake, that's so. I will I will tell most of the investigator or who wants to be an investigator be the main guy as principal investigator, the main guy in the research. You need to be the main guy who follow the rules, follow the protocol, uh, organize, uh, see the patient, consent the patient, uh, make sure that your coordinator doing the right things and reporting the side effect and adverse event, all of it to the untimely manner, and also reporting to the IRB, communicating with the with the companies and with the IRB about all the results and all the finding and any side effect. So talking like this and seeing all this responsibility when you explain it to the other physician, wow, hold on, let's, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and at the end of the day, what the, the principal investigator is doing is putting in practice their knowledge as doctors. So they are just making sure, I mean, the, the job of a principal investigator is making sure that the patient is always safe, like in research, uh, safety uh, safety is first. So um, I don't think it is like, I mean, uh, it's following the protocol and, uh, and, uh, and using your medical knowledge. Plus, I, I mean, I, obviously I think... with, the, with the clinical coordinator and with the uh, CRA, which is uh, the monitor that the sponsor uh, provide for the site to 
you know, to make sure that things are done properly. So uh, the doctor has a lot of support and, uh, and, uh, and, and also, um, like I mentioned, is putting in practice their knowledge as doctors. I, I, I agree with you 100%, Monica. The main thing is like to make sure that assure every patient comes with enrolled in the clinical trial, uh, examined, seen, and assessed for side effect. That's the main thing. A lot of time, a patient comes to me and start telling me about one side effect that I've, it's not included in the protocol like this, but you need to research it to see whether there is any drug interaction happened with the, the clinical research medication and the patient on medication or like this. And then after assessing the side effect and everything to assess the grade of the side effect and if need to be dose adjustment for the patient or not. Okay, all this need to be done for the patient in that visit. You can send them out and then come and get the same treatment, the same dose, and have more side effects for that. That's that's not the right way to do the research. You need to sit with the patient, assess the patient, assess the side effect, and see if there is any drug interaction, and if the patient able to continue the trial, or you can take them off the trial because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, and Which I happened think it's yeah, also, oops. <laughs> what happened recently in a trial that uh, Dan is monitoring, okay, for me and one of the patients, the patient had grade four, which is like highest grade of, of uh, neutropenia or low white blood count, and the patient had infection. So this is one of the criteria to take the patient of the trial. She received three cycles of the treatment, but now she had the side effect. Even after three cycles of the treatment, I have to take her off. So she will, will not jeopardize or, uh, her life with the clinical trial. Clinical trial is supposed to improve the quality of life, reduce the morbidity, and see if there is better response for the patient comparing to the traditional trial. What yeah, did, what, I agree. What, what, I think uh, I think that the um, in in that respect, being a just a non-research clinician, you, it's the same thing when you're doing research. The number one thing is patient safety. Yes, it's a study; you're collecting data, but and a very important data. But it's patient safety is number one. No matter if you're doing research or not doing research. So as long as you're exactly. following that you're already doing most of what a PI needs to do. Now all you need exactly. to learn is the context of research. What's a regulatory? What's a study coordinator? Uh, who, who's a monitor? I mean, what is a monitor? They know that I'm a monitor. They don't know what's a monitor. So what is this? What is the FDA looking at? You know, these are the kind of things we're teaching in the PI Academy to physicians. And we're also teaching them how to manage the business. Because I believe, and Chris, who's not on the show, but he owns a part. Uh, he, he's a partner with us here in the scoop, and in many research sites. Him and I agree. The best sites are usually owned by a physician. Okay, so I mean, you have such a huge advantage if you're a physician that's wanting to get into research, and there's a whole business that you need to understand. Now, here's where research is different. The business of clinical research is very different than the business of a private practice. Okay, private practice, especially these days, is very focused on volume and billing. Clinical research, it's not a volume at all. It's 
small numbers. I mean, even 10 patients is considered a lot in a study for a one doctor, right? Dr. Al's laughing because he knows he's right. I know, but I think this is where you can show the quality of medicine and, and research field where we, you want to sit and spend time with the patient. It's not just like seeing the patient in 10, 12 minutes and get to the other patient. You need to sit <laughs> with the patient, ask them the question, go through the side effect, go through to everything. Sometimes one patient in a clinical trial can take me about 35 minutes, 40 minutes. One patient, as a follow-up in clinical research, try to assess, examine completely. So this is where you show your quality in medicine more than quantity as in uh, private practice or regular medicine. That's right. You need to spend time and the with remuneration, the exact, Exactly right. And the remuneration is worth it for the PI because the PI might be hearing you now and saying, hey, Dr. L, I don't want to spend an hour with the patient uh, just because they're in research. But let me tell you, the budgets that you're going to get justify Especially if you let us negotiate your budget. We'll do it for you. We'll help you negotiate. The budget will more than justify the amount of time you spend. So it's it's a good um, addition to any private practice. As long as you're a PI that's like Dr. Al, willing to do both and willing to have a different approach with some respects, namely the business and the quality of time you spend versus the patient safety, is the same no matter if that patient's in your study or not in a study. Yeah, and additionally, oh, yeah. doctors are going to get to know the the latest treatments, where the uh, technology is when it comes to uh, pharmaceutical or equipment or anything related to research. And and I think that's a, that's something that will enhance the education that the doctor already have and will make it even more uh, a more desirable professional because you're offering your patients uh, much more than any regular doctor does. I agree with you 100%, Monica. We'll be more attractive because especially in oncology or this kind of field, you for the patient because you can offer them more options. I have, A lot of time I get question that patient before they come, they call me and tell me that we want to come and see you like this. Do you offer clinical trial? Okay. <laughs> wow. No, seriously, you ask me because they, they're coming, they don't want to, I'm closer for them. I'm next to their house. They don't want to spend 45 minutes, an hour driving to Duarte or to Santa Monica to see a physician there, why they can come to me in about five, 10 minutes and see me here. If I offer the same clinical trial, the same study for that type of disease, closer to them, why they don't come here? Why they, they were not? So they ask, do you offer clinical trial? Because we know that my mother have a stage four cancer and she gonna go through the first line of treatment, second line, but after that we need to we need to extend her life. We need her to be around for longer time as much as we can. So we want you to we want her to go through the clinical trial. If you have good clinical trial, easier clinical more clinical option for treatment for the patient, I'm more than happy to come to you. So it is you'll be as you said more attractive for the patient and their family to go to come to you and seen by you and go through their trial in your office instead of driving to 
tertiary care center or the uh, academy, uh, acad academic center where they can get the same clinical trial while you can do it in the community. And that's exactly why pharmaceutical companies will love you if you can demonstrate that you understand research and that you have a research naive population that is wanting to go to you because of convenience. Because another issue in clinical research is patient retention. So if I have to go to Santa Monica every week and I have to sit in two hours of LA traffic each time I go, how long is that going to last? I mean, all it's going to take is me to have one bad day and I'm going to tell myself, I don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm done with this study. As opposed to with Dr. <laughs> L, 10 minutes, 15 minutes away. So this is why we need more clinics in the communities. We can't just have everyone going to the same academic medical centers because people live all over the place. They're not all concentrated in one spot. And this is exactly why. I mean, if you're watching and you're in a rural place, like in middle America somewhere, it's even better. There's nothing nearby, not even academic medical centers. So you're going to be the only option in that town, which is exactly why pharmaceutical companies will love you. This is what they want. This is called patient centricity. And we're going to be talking a lot more about these kind of things, especially pertaining to study results. And uh, you, you'll see if you're a physician listening, watching, you'll start to see if you start tuning in regularly. Not only are we going to be discussing clinical outcomes from studies, but you're going to be hopefully integrating it into your head, how you can start offering these services. Because maybe your patients are already asking you, do you offer clinical trials? Right? And now you can say yes, or you can say, I'm learning from Monica and Dr. L. Uh, something else, Dan. Part of the discussion we were having it before we go up in the podcast, other than educating or teaching the physician through the PI Academy or Principal Investigator Academy, is also they have the option if they want to do research in their office and they will, they don't have the capability, we can go there and provide a, a PI and they can be a sub-PI and do clinical coordination for them and run the clinical trial through their office, okay, and, you know, and they are the, 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 the clinic that providing the patient and we are the, the investigators and the one who's doing the research in their office and giving this option for their patients. That's correct. Very good point. And it almost doesn't matter where you are in the country. We can help teach you how to set up your clinic. Um, but yes, very good point. I, I think you're you're exactly right with that. And people need to think about these practical things. Like, okay, Dan, that sounds good, Dr. L. Uh, what do I do next? Well, what you do next is join the PI Academy because you have to learn the fundamentals. Okay, and then you're going to learn, okay, this is what I need for my equipment. If you already have a private practice, you already have all the equipment you need, more or less. You just need to tweak a little bit. You need a locked drug room, the different kind of things. But basically, you have it. It's nothing complicated. You're not building SpaceX with Elon Musk. Well, we can come and visit and, and see how we can optimize the site for the clinical research. And they want to run it. More than happy to let them run it. If they're able, if they don't have time, they need coordinator. 
we can help them in arranging for the whole thing, me and Dan and Monica. That sounds good. Anything else, Monica? <laughs> Anything else, no, Dr. Al or Monica, you want to add? We pretty much are going to be holding uh, doctor's hand <laughs> until they feel. We're going to uh, be doing it, and we're going to be we're going to be here with you guys, all you guys watching, even if you're not a clinician, talking about clinical study results, what's new, what's old, what's going on, what's staying the same, what's changed, all these things. So regular guests, Dr. Al and Monica, will be on a lot and we're gonna keep doing these podcasts and videos so thank you guys both for coming on thank you everybody for watching thank listening you. however you're consuming we appreciate it episode two is done and we're looking forward to the next one take care thank bye you. guys <laughs>